Hello, everybody. Um, today, I have a very, very special guest on the podcast, and that is Shona from Shona Strong. And we are going to be talking to you about the do's and don'ts of pregnancy and training in your pregnancy. And one thing um, that I really wanted to chat with Shona about is about pelvic floor as well, because she's so, so passionate about this topic. And obviously, it's very important in your pregnancy. Um, but Another reason why I've got her on is because she's a little bit further ahead of me. I'm 30 weeks pregnant today. And Shona, your son is how old now? He is one and a couple of weeks. So, yeah. I can't believe your first few weeks. How are you feeling? Yeah, good. Do you know what? Good. I have just got to the point where I feel like mm, things I'm slowing down. <laughs> yeah. Like I took the dog for a walk this morning. I was like, I just can't keep up with what I was doing before. Everything feels like slow motion. So I think I'm just, yeah, I'm, I'm getting to that point now where it's, mm, it's I'm noticing it. <laughs> Apart from that, are you feeling good? Yeah. Do you know what? I feel very, very fortunate and very lucky. And I've said this on a couple of my own podcast episodes that my pregnancy has been really good. I, I've really enjoyed being pregnant. Oh, good. And I think one of the things that isn't talked about a lot is nice pregnancies. Like we hear a lot of the horror stories and how hard it is, but actually I haven't had that at all. How was yours? Um, probably, probably the same. Um, I was really unwell in the first trimester. Like I was really sick. Um, as in I felt nauseous, but I couldn't actually be sick. I don't know if, if you experienced that. It would almost have been better to be sick, but just feeling unwell all the time I was really lucky though that exercising and being active made me feel better um I, I totally get that some people when the first trimester when they're feeling unwell like they have just no energy and no motivation to train but luckily it made me feel better and then second and third trimester again I'm just the same as you like I, I enjoyed it and I enjoyed see as soon as I got a bump yeah I started to feel like I looked pregnant like there's that awkward spell when you feel like you don't look like you did before but you don't quite have a bump yet you just feel like really bloated um but as soon as you've got a bump I was like I wanted to show off all the time I was always in the gym with like little crop tops like with my belly hanging out um and then yeah I felt fine right up until I started having contractions <laughs> and then I stopped feeling so fine <laughs> Uh, honestly my, your your pregnancy journey sounds very similar to mine I was exactly the same I felt quite sick in my first trimester couldn't eat you know the things that I was eating before which was not really frustrating I was like whatever if I have to eat crisps for 12 weeks then fine but exercise helped me and I just I mean we're going to talk about this now but I just really knocked down the intensity and I just gave myself permission to do movement rather than thinking about I've got to do this workout you know mm -hmm. so what we're going to do is we're going to break down the different trimesters and just kind of talk about the do's and don'ts and maybe the mental side of training in these trimesters as well so if we start with the first trimester obviously the first trimester I don't know about you but I would imagine so the first trimester for me I felt super anxious and I was really worried and I think that then causes a little bit of like, should I be doing this? Should I not? Maybe suffering with a little bit of tiredness. I didn't have that much tiredness, but I think the anxiety causes that kind of stress impact. Um, so I definitely 
took my training down in my first trimester, but I still showed up and did three to four workouts a week. They just didn't look the same as in my first trimester. How about uh, in before I got pregnant? Even sorry. How about yeah, I think what you said there about like mindset that is like the biggest thing that initially has to change because um I think previously when you were pregnant and and you were wanting to know what what was safe to do what what should you do the 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 advice was just do what you've always done yeah or if you did it before then it's safe to to do now and I don't really like that because just do what you've always done if you've been someone who loves absolutely smashing workouts, loves as an athlete, loves being competitive and and like getting really sweaty and out of breath, then maybe that's not a great idea. And then also on the other end of the spectrum, if you like, there was that sort of myth that if you hadn't exercised before, then it wasn't safe to exercise moving forward. And now we know that if you don't exercise before pregnancy, when you become pregnant, it's actually really good for you and for the baby to start exercising. Yeah. Um, so another thing is when it comes to do's and don'ts with pregnancy, I don't really like to speak in absolutes when it comes to pregnancy either, because um, what is safe for one person is not safe for another person. And that's why it's really, really important to like know what you're doing or have like a team of people that you're working with and and we're really lucky in the UK and that like the the NHS is just incredible the the midwife support that you'll have you've got your GP but also like um coaches at your gym like I I really think that more and more coaches need to be qualified um or at least know how to work with pregnant women um because like most most people at some point like a lot of people I can't remember there's a statistic of women the percentage will be pregnant at some point in their life um, and they'll want to keep exercising so um yeah I just think that it's really important to have like that team around you when it comes to do's and don'ts um in your first trimester I think you'd be absolutely fine to (laughs) really just train the way that you had before however you are going to be working against the fatigue that you mentioned you're going to be working against um anxiety like that's a big thing as well because um we know that in the first 12 weeks that's when it's that sort of oh, I'm, I'm a bit nervous about things so you might want to dial down that intensity and that's absolutely fine if you feel that you want to do that but personally I think you would be fine to to continue training the way that you were before um yeah I probably wouldn't say yet rule anything out mm-hmm. um, as in like lying on your front or or things that could risk you falling over. Obviously, you don't want to be doing things that risk you falling over anyway. But like I, I, I follow people on Instagram who are horse riders, who are um, who surfboard, who climb mountains and and they they get pregnant and continue to do that sort of training through their pregnancy so I think it's quite difficult to say no don't do that we just need to be sensible and being sensible is so overrated isn't it yeah absolutely (laughs) I think um just knowing as well that you're I I don't know about you but I definitely noticed I started to get out of breath not in the first the first few weeks I would say kind of got to about six to eight weeks I would uh, 
thinking back now but then I definitely noticed I remember being in the gym and I was doing a set of RDLs and I was doing 12 reps and I was out of breath and I was like what the hell is going on and I just think noticing little things like that and just like you said being sensible switching on your sensible side of your brain instead of thinking you know I'm an athlete I'm going to push through just thinking actually I probably need to take a little bit more rest I've noticed now that you know breathlessness I think as the trimesters go on you just get used to it you get used to having to stop and take a break but I definitely noticed that um definitely I can't remember what else (laughs) I'm trying to think (laughs) it feels like forever ago but also pregnancy's gone so quick it's amazing how like there won't necessarily be like a big baby in there but you're starting to have those physiological changes so you're starting to notice that you're you're out of breath or you might like if you get up quickly you might feel quite dizzy um so yet it's bearing in mind that if you're experiencing that you might you might want to like adapt your training um yeah so did you did you take any movements out did you change anything or just um to begin with no when I first found out I was pregnant I didn't change anything I was just a little bit more cautious that's all just mentally I think and then as it kind of got to I would imagine that six to eight mark of being pregnant I didn't have I didn't show for ages but I definitely felt a little bit of a hard bump around Mm -hmm. that kind of you know down there and I took out hip thrusts I know I could have carried on doing barbell hip thrusts and glute bridge but I just didn't feel comfortable I was just like it just goes against everything I feel in terms of my brain you know so that's the only thing I took out it's really the bottom line isn't it like it, it doesn't matter if someone else is like doing it or someone else says it's safe if you if something doesn't feel right to you and actually think that's just a lesson for life yeah. if you have that gut feeling that it's not right it's not worth it yeah it's not worth it. So yeah I think that was sensible of you yeah absolutely um other than that no I didn't change and I was still doing at the time I was still doing chin-ups and pull-ups because I didn't feel like it was causing me an issue but I did get to a point just before my second trimester where I was like I'm just going to keep my feet on the floor I'm just going to do self-supported like I could sense there were things changing in my pelvic floor I was like I just don't want to risk anything so yes that's kind of what else I did I I stopped doing anything that was like bouncy or actually running I remember um I went for a run with my partner I was 16 weeks, which is probably quite early on um, to stop running because I, I, I've got friends that ran all through their pregnancies. But from 16 weeks, I just felt like there was too much pressure um, downwards. Yeah. Uh, I, I think I got to a kilometre and I was like, this is really uncomfortable. I, I just felt like I needed to pee. There was pressure downwards. And I just like my goal going into pregnancy was to have super like to come out the other side and be able to do the things that I did before at CrossFit so I train in CrossFit that's what I do and a lot of it is like high impact jumping skipping um certain barbell movements you, you take impact to your body so my goal was to be able to do those things without any pelvic floor issues whatsoever because prior to pregnancy I had had pelvic floor issues uh. I'd been someone who um like see if I was going for like a heavy heavy squat like a full one rep max I would probably pee 
or if I was doing double unders I would pee so um, I hadn't ever had that address I just kind of like this was years ago I'd always thought oh that's what happens when you like train to max intensity you pee ha 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 how funny is that I didn't think that there could be like a long-term impact yeah and then I went to a pelvic floor physio she's like this isn't okay um and I addressed that and so then my, my goal with pregnancy was to like not and, and it's something that we should mention as well like some people think that postpartum if they've had a c-section they don't need to work on their pelvic floor mm-hmm. but it's not necessarily birth that has that toll on your pelvic floor it's just being pregnant and yeah. having the weight of your baby and your uterus and everything pressing down um so yeah that's just another point I wanted to make yeah absolutely yeah and on that note like at the moment right now my body is going through that stage where when I was walking with the dog this morning I was like I feel like this baby's literally treading on my uterus yeah, <laughs> as I'm walking I'm like either that's the head or the feet and it's walking with me I don't know what's going on but yeah um ladder it's lovely isn't it <laughs> um let's just go back a little bit and let's just say somebody has found out they're pregnant and they've never maybe they've dabbled in exercise before they were pregnant they've never really been consistent they've gotten pregnant and all of a sudden you know the midwife has said you want to maybe start thinking about moving your body doing something gentle what would your advice be to somebody who hasn't been consistent with exercise who wants to start exercising in that first trimester okay so i would recommend that they start strength training um yeah start strength training and it doesn't need to be loads like loads of sessions like three sessions a week or maybe 20 to 30 minutes if you're not sure find yourself a coach that is going to help you um I, I just think being strong is a is is brilliant for pregnancy also being flexible so if you want to join maybe a pregnancy yoga class as well that might be really fun um being active like getting outside every day just for your mental health as well like you you said and most people would agree that the first trimester your head is a mess yeah I didn't want to say that but yeah your head's a mess um like there's so many hormones and emotions and worries and stresses going on so doing things that are going to be good for your mental health so getting outside walking the dog getting out in fresh air going for a swim or um doing some yoga I find yoga is just an absolute game changer in terms of mental health like having that time to to practice your breathing breathing is really really key when it comes to pregnancy um and I have a tutorial on my own podcast for core connection breath so core connection breath is when you connect your core system so your abdominal muscles and your pelvic floor to your breathing and then you can then once you practice that incorporate it into your strength training so as you for example if you're doing like a squat you're inhaling and relaxing your pelvic floor and your core and as you go through the hard part as you stand up out the squat you're lifting your pelvic floor and using your core um I get monkey brain when I'm on podcasts so I'm really right. like you ask one question then I'm, I'm answering like a different <laughs> question um so yeah uh I would I would recommend like definitely investing in a coach or someone so strength training yoga getting outside doing stuff that's good for your mental health 
Yeah, yeah, I agree. And I think as well, when you're that early on in pregnancy, you feel that you you want to you want someone to confide, confide, confide. You know what word I'm trying to say. And hiring a coach like yourself, like me, you know, anybody that you kind of you know see on social media that is qualified in pre and postnatal you're you're going to gain a friend who gets it who understands where you are and also if you've never trained before who can really comfort you and reassure you that what you're doing is okay and also teach you how not to push yourself too much because if you're new to exercise you might you know go all guns blazing by accident like you don't because if you're not aware of what intense workouts feel like feel like a workout just might all of a sudden feel very intense and you've kind of, you know, got out of breath, you're feeling really sore and then you feel terrible. You feel even more tired and you feel sick. Whereas if you have a coach, you've got somebody who says, you know, when you're working out, make sure it feels like a five out of 10, not a 10 out of 10. If it feels like a 10 out of 10, stop, take two minutes rest, that kind of thing. Just having that education as well, I think is so important. And in regards to yoga, if you're somebody who joins a yoga class and it's not pregnancy related, because I think we've, because I've joined um, a yoga pregnancy class, I don't think they take people on until after 12 weeks yeah so if you are somebody who is thinking oh I might start yoga I'll just go to that class do let the instructor know and it might feel quite sensitive I remember messaging my one of the first people I told that I was pregnant was my hairdresser I was like I don't know if I have to tell you but I'm getting my hair done and I'm six weeks pregnant do you need to know because I was just thinking of the chemicals and stuff she was like no I don't need to know but like congratulations you end up telling people that you don't expect to to tell to begin with but that instructor whoever it is whether it's a body combat instructor a swim instructor whatever they they will look out for you and they might mention things you know in the room if there's anyone pregnant in the room do this instead and that will help you to feel you know more comforted I think yeah absolutely that's so funny that you told your hairdresser first <laughs> luckily I've actually uh, coached my hairdresser before and she's a good friend of mine so I was like mm, don't really know whether I should tell you I was like googling it and it was like you don't have to but I was like whatever um okay is there anything else in regards to feeling sick and being sick like it sounds like me and you are very similar I was never sick but I remember waking up thinking if I I worked out if I don't eat something straight away I literally feel like I'm going to vomit for the rest of the day so it was like toast straight in anything I could eat and that settled me but for people who are suffering with I can never never say it hyper hyperemesis gravadium yeah hg um and feeling sick and being sick constantly what would your advice be there um i know someone who has hg and it's it sounds absolutely horrendous i wouldn't really wish it on anyone and also she she was hospitalized with it so i think it's a case of survival Mm. um with her she she can't exercise she's like it's just it's not possible she has to wait until she feels good yeah. Um, luckily she's got a home gym so it, if it's a day where she feels good um, she will do a little bit of whatever um, but really and truly I think what I would recommend to those people is taking the pressure off yourself it's just the thing is with with pregnancy and and 
people like me and you who it sounds like we have these sort of a-type personalities um is that suddenly your body is out of control something that you were able to control quite easily you, you know your body so well you don't know it. it's this new body and it's doing things that you don't expect it to and and maybe you sit, might feel a little bit let down and betrayed by it because you're like I've pictured this like super fit, super active pregnancy and it's not happening to me. Um, so I, I just think appreciating that um, every pregnancy is different. Yeah. And it doesn't matter what you've done before. We're all, we, all, we all experience it differently. So just taking the pressure off yourself um, and, and taking each day for what, what comes and what you can do. So yeah, it, I really feel for those people that must be yeah. so tough. Yeah, I know. There's um, there's a girl that I know that goes to my gym and she's pregnant. She's a little bit behind me and she had it and she was just like, I just physically could not do anything. I was just throwing up all the time. You know, it's like if you've got a sickness bug, you're not going to go and try and train on top of that, are you? And I think for a lot of people, it's just going to be the mental side of feeling frustrated that you, you can't do anything, you know, but it's just a phase and it will hopefully eventually get better. And I mean, some people, I think it goes all the way up to 20 weeks. And I just, I can't even imagine it. You know, it must be horrific. Uh-huh. Absolutely horrific. I always think, because this pregnancy for me has been quite good. And obviously yours sounds quite good. I always think, am I going to get karma? Am I going to get like the next baby? Is it just going to come? <laughs> you're like, ha, now you're going to be sick all the time. <laughs> um, okay. Is there anything else we haven't covered in the first trimester? If you're, if you've come from, so you coach CrossFit athletes, right? And, you know, what would your advice be to somebody who is used to going proper hard in that first trimester? Would you just say like, carry on as normal as you, or would you adapt? Um, Well, that's great. That's a challenge. So yeah, I I train CrossFit athletes, but um, not, not like, competitive athletes are the people that come and do crossfit yeah um, yeah, yeah uh-huh uh, but they're people that really really like to push themselves and it's it's a fine balance between um allowing that person to enjoy like still come and enjoy their training but also like not and not feel like you're being a party pooper being like right come on right you need to you need to take dial it back especially if they're feeling great but also like making them aware of the long-term impact of their actions yeah because when you're training in pregnancy I think a really good goal is longevity and you're you're not you're suddenly not just training to have like a really hard good session and that's it you're training so that your body does what you want it to do when you're 70. And I think it's just making that person aware of that, mm. um, that like it's a, it's a cost benefit that you need to weigh up or risk reward. I never remember the difference, but what is the risk and what is the reward um, to what they're doing? And, and I think as well, when you're working with people um, so what the nature of CrossFit is there's a there's a workout on the board and we we're all doing the same workout and it's not just like subbing out things for really shit boring things <laughs> do you know what I mean yeah. like sometimes that can be what what pregnancy training looks for people like for people and, and for me when I so I did CrossFit all through my pregnancy I wouldn't just do like an easier version of what anyone else was doing 
I would sometimes maybe do something that was specifically for me and my pregnancy. So when you're pregnant, it's really, really important to have strong glutes. So I might be like, right, everyone else is doing bar muscle-ups. I'm going to do hip thrusts. So yeah, it's a case of actually training for what is going on in your body right now, uh, rather than just doing like an easier version of what everyone else is doing. Yeah, I love that. And something that's really kind of, I don't know, hit home for me in my pregnancy and, and thinking about training. And I can't remember who I said it to the other day, but my goal has been the functional movement of my body. Like I'm getting to the point now where it hurts to put my shoes on. Like it's mm-hmm. effort to put my shoes on. And I just think I want to be able to still be, you know, still be able to put my shoes on at 39 weeks, if I get to 39 weeks, without, you know, it being a complete strain. And yeah, it's hard. Like I have to do it with my legs wide open to be able to get my shoes on. But, you know, think little things like that, like I want to be able to roll over and it not take forever. You know, some people have mentioned in pregnancy classes and stuff that I've been to, they've got to the point where they physically can't get out of bed anymore. Their partner has to push them out. And there's things like that where I'm like, I don't want to get, I want to be able to get out of bed and go to the toilet in the middle of the night without my partner, you know, booting me out. So I think really thinking about, actually my body's going to get heavier. Things are going to get more uncomfortable how can I prep my body for that? And when I first got pregnant, I was it was all about for me. I was thinking, I want to have a strong labor, you know, that strong mentality. It's not about that at all. It's about creating a robust body that can functionally move well whilst your body's going through all of these changes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, let, let's do it that for a bit. Um, how have you got like a, how do you feel about labor and giving birth? I've had hypnobirthing. So I've, I've- yeah, I've um, literally just finished. We did our birth plan chat on Wednesday and we did a, a course which was four weeks long, two hours for the session. And it's just been absolutely brilliant. I'm not going to lie. I said this to actually the lady who runs it. I have always been petrified of labor, always. Even though I love training hard, you know, I'll push myself to the max. The thought of blood, guts, pushing something out of my vagina and just also knowing you know the horror stories after it tears that kind of thing I've always thought no and to the point that at one point I was like I don't even know if I want children because of that so I went to hypnobirthing and I now without sounding cliche I'm excited I'm I'm excited and whatever whatever happens you know you can't plan for it at all you can have a plan but it's going to go off piste or it might not I just I feel empowered I feel informed about what I can and can't do and what I can say yes to and you know so yeah I'm excited now oh that's really good that that's awesome that you put the work in because so many people are scared and then just don't think about it are terrified and then the moment comes and they're so unprepared because they're just not they've decided to not think about it like they've just decided to bury their head in the sand but I but one game changer for me, and I, I would recommend anyone do, is actually just do a bit of education on birth and find out what, what actually happens to your body. What is what is going to happen? Interestingly, I, I can't remember what I was discussing on my Instagram stories, but someone sent me a message saying, I think more people like you need to talk about like the realities of, of birth and like what actually happens. And they said, I didn't even know that you gave birth to a placenta. And I was like, look, I'm a personal trainer on Instagram. 
that is not my job. Like, that's not my job to tell you that you give birth to placenta. All of that information is there for free on the NHS website. You can do a free antenatal class. You can pay to do an antenatal class. You can do NCT. There's so much. Google, look, look it up. Find out what's actually going to happen to your body. Like, this is a huge thing that you're going to do, and you might not do it that many times in your life. So at least go into it prepared. So that's awesome that you've done that. Yeah. And do you know what? Actually relating to that person, I knew you had to push out a placenta, but what I didn't know, there were certain things that were brought up in the conversations that I was like, what the fuck is that? Like a mucus plug. I was like, what? I hadn't even heard of it before. You know, I was confused about, you know, what happens with the umbilical cord? Like, does it does is the baby just hanging out in midair you know that kind of thing so I do think it's not like a period you know we don't get these regularly it's it's something that might only happen to you once so getting yourself well educated on it is really key yeah I agree it's fascinating as well and like learning all that stuff makes you like reinforces how amazing our bodies are doesn't it yeah absolutely yeah. um let's move on to the second trimester so the second trimester is supposedly when people are feeling glowing um I actually did feel really good I mean I've only just come out of my second trimester now I did get a few messages on Instagram from people saying you're glowing I was like you should see me on my shit days um <laughs> But yeah, I I felt all of a sudden it was after kind of 12 weeks. I don't know whether that's um, a little bit of just relief. I had my scan. I was like, oh, my God, like everything's fine. I did feel this, you know, not surge, but a wave of energy kind of appear. And all of a sudden I could eat salad. I could eat all of these things again that just made me want to vomit. And I think that massively helps as well. How how is your second trimester? Yes, the same. I was so glad to finally be able to eat a vegetable. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Because I've said it before a couple of times, but um, in my first trimester, it was like, so I fell pregnant in uh, the sort of end of September. So it was all like, I I really struggled with Christmas dinner last year because like the thought, I just remember how unwell I felt with my Christmas dinner. So it was like, oh, just, oh, no. (laughs) I basically only ate Marks and Spencer's party foods, like you know those little packs you can get like three per <laughs> pounds or something. Yeah. Um, my partner was loving it because like he is such a gannet, so we would just sit and eat party food. I ate a lot of cheese and beans on toast. Yeah. Um, coming to second trimester, I I was like, yeah, feeling full of energy, full of life, loving like getting my little bump. Um, yeah, it was good. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I uh, I think my thing in the first trimester was like cheese on crackers and just salt and vinegar, everything salt and vinegar. But as mm-hmm. I got into that second trimester, I remember thinking, oh my God, I can actually, I'm just craving a salad and I want to eat it. And I just went through a week where I think I just ate salad for every meal. Um, in terms of exercise wise, this is where potentially you are going to see some changes in your body. I didn't start showing personally until just before the 20 week scan. You know, I've trained for 13, 14 years. I've got strong muscles, core, whatever. It's my first baby. I kind of expected myself to show sooner than that. And just like you, I felt like 
oh, I want my bump. You know, that I, I spent time with some other pregnant women who were already showing that were frustrated that, you know, their bump was showing already. And I felt the complete opposite. But do you think that needs to be any changes or adaptations made in the second trimester? Yes. So obviously you won't be able to lie face down as soon as you've got your bump. You won't be able to do that. Um, there's a bit of debate about lying on your back. Yeah. So um, your midwife will probably tell you that you shouldn't sleep on your back from, I think it's 24 weeks. Yeah. Um, and I remember like I would fall asleep on my side and wake up on my back, like panicking, like, oh my God. Um, but the reason that you're told not to lie on your back is there's a vein that runs down your body, the vena cava, and like the weight of the uterus can um, rest on that and like stop blood flow, whether to you or to your baby. So it's, it's potentially quite dangerous. But when it comes to exercise, I think you'd be okay to lie on your back. If you were like on a bench doing some bench press, I think you'd be fine. Um, as long as you didn't feel lightheaded if you were a bit nervous about it what you could do is just take a couple of plates to make an incline bench so any any exercises where you're lying on your back you could just slightly incline so your head is above your hips if that makes you feel better yeah. if you're I mean like we're talking how long does a set of exercises take like a minute lying on your back I think you'd be absolutely fine what will start to happen is obviously you've got your bump and um you're abdominal muscles will start to move apart so diastasis recti is something that happens in a hundred percent of pregnancies and what it means is that your abdominal muscles start to move apart and there's um, fascia in between those muscles and that fascia starts to stretch now interestingly people a lot of people think that you should avoid or stop doing all core exercises when you're pregnant because and this is because if you're not doing your core exercises properly you're sending pressure through that um fascia and it can cause issues postpartum so you're stretching that fascia too much putting too much pressure through it however if you are managing if you're managing your breathing and your pressure right then you can do your core exercises and in fact i i went to um pelvic floor physio I think about 22 or 24 weeks um and I was like chatting to her about core exercises and she, and she had me doing sit-ups and I had a bump but she taught me how to manage that pressure um and it's the same it's the same on the other side once you've had your baby as long as you're managing that pressure because there's there's other ways that you can send the pressure like obviously you'll you'll notice see if you like sit up out of bed your tummy starts to like round in the middle if you don't think about it. But if you breathe and like brace and like hug the baby in, in towards you, then it doesn't do that. Yeah. Um, so it, 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 if, you, if you had a coach or even um, if you were wanting to do your core exercises, just make sure that you are practicing that core connection breath back to my podcast yeah. and, and making sure that you're sending the pressure in, in the right direction. Another way that you can send the pressure is downwards and we want to avoid that too. So obviously when, um, if you think about like, say you were doing an exercise that was hard 
and you used your um, Valsalva maneuver. So Valsalva maneuver is when you go and you like use your glottal stop. If you just do that right now, listen to the podcast, you'll you'll feel that the pressure goes downwards and you can actually feel it in your pelvic floor. So you want to maybe avoid doing the Valsalva maneuver and instead breathe through exercises. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I completely agree. I actually went to see my um, physio on the day that I got my 20 week scan. So I booked. So something that I've always done with my clients, if they have fallen pregnant, is recommend they go and see a pelvic health physio in their second trimester just for reassurance. Because yeah. then I can then work with that physio if they come and they say anything to, you know, to me and they say, well, I don't want them doing this or that and make sure they're doing that. Um, and it was really interesting. And, you know, she just went through, even though, even though I knew how to do the pelvic floor movements it, and breathing, she just went through it with me. And then she looked at my posture and she looked at, you know, my hips and that kind of thing. And I didn't really have any, pe- I haven't really had any pain in my pregnancy. I, I think just now, just recently, I'm starting to get a bit of coccyx pain um, just at the end of my tailbone. But it's more just kind of at the end of the day, it just feels like a bit of wear and tear, which is is normal. But she just looked at me and she was like, your reductors are quite tight because your pelvis is kind of going this way. So your inner thighs are squeezing in. And she did a bit of release work. And she was like, just be cautious with that. You know, if if you're not stretching in your pregnancy, then you might find there's quite a lot of tightness around the area. And it was nice for me, even as a professional, to go to see a professional and be told, you know, this is safe, this is okay, you're doing great, this is how we stand up, blah, 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 focus, this is what's going to happen. So I do definitely recommend in that second trimester, if you can, if you can afford to, go and see a physio it will be an investment and the nice thing about it I don't know about yours but I can what's happened you know I can message her and be like oh this is this has happened is this normal you know and even for me as a coach it's nice to have that you know confirmation from someone absolutely um I I think a good pelvic floor physio is worth their weight in gold and um there's there's not many there there's not many of them but once you find one like hold on to that person <laughs> but if you're listening to this and you are a, a personal trainer who's pre and postnatal qualified if you connect with that um because what what is it has now happened so i i saw rosie um through my pregnancy and then postpartum as well um and now i do like i work with people in glasgow and she refers people to me because yeah. obviously um when they come to heart she'll always 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 prescribe strength training if they aren't already and she'll send them to me or someone else in in a different area but yeah it's a good idea to connect with with a pelvic floor physio yeah and also it sets that relationship up so that when you are postpartum you've already got somebody that you know that you can speak to that you can go to that it doesn't feel embarrassing you know if you get a a, I'm going to call it an anus tear (laughs) If you, you know, if it's a fourth degree tear or whatever, you've got somebody that you trust and has got your back, you know, and will support you. Let's just go back to exercises then. So something I noticed definitely in my second trimester, I started to, obviously I reduced weights. So this is something that's important, reducing the intensity, reducing the load, not smashing out PBs, not very good idea. Training for feel rather than, you know, 
yes training for strength whilst you can maintain some strength strength shouldn't be the goal um what are your thoughts on that yeah another thing people quite often say is I'm just looking to maintain now I I, I haven't maintained (laughs) (laughs) like I would definitely not squat in anywhere near nowhere near as heavy as I, I would have um and purely as you say like one of the wonderful things about training when you're pregnant is that you start to like you can really dial in on technique and there's that whole mind muscle connection you can slow things down and what I've found um and I'm sure this is not unusual is that I am now stronger than I have ever been um because and I, I put that down to training through my pregnancy and dialing it back working on technique and really focusing on feeling exercises rather than just being like oh I want it I want to smash this workout and and be as sweaty as possible like I'm I'm trying to feel it in my muscle um so yeah I, I actually think that that that's that's great and, and not trying to shoot for maintenance because an, another annoying thing about pregnancy is that just due to the hormones you will lose muscle like yeah. that's that's what happens and it's fine because you're all the energy in your body is going to create a person yeah. but on the other end of it you can you can work towards building all that back it's just one small and short season of your life um so yeah I, I would say um and it doesn't mean that it has to be boring because like everyone think oh like I don't want to move slow I want to move fast like there is still time and space to move fast in your pregnancy but when you're doing like your strength exercises it's better to focus on the movement the technique your breathing feeling what you're meant to be doing yeah and just going back actually you said it before about the breath work and holding your breath you know when you are doing exercises big compound exercises such as deadlifts and stuff just take your time like I remember going in and doing a session and catching myself out and I was like I didn't breathe it. I didn't breathe in that set at all. I know I didn't. So I stopped, slowed it down, you know, and I'm still, I'm still relatively quite strong in some movements, but like press-ups, for example, I can't do a press-up anymore. I have to do incline press-ups, like that's gone. And you just have to let your ego go massively um, and be okay with the fact that, like you said, it's a phase. This isn't for life. This is just what your body is going through now. And I think just being able to achieve any exercise is better than nothing. Um, do we need to think about anything in terms of foot stance yet? Do we need to go super wide? Do we need to keep things narrow? In the second trimester, do you know of any pelvis issues that might be going on? Um, if you have pelvic girdle pain, there might be, it might be that any, any sort of um, single leg movements are quite challenging and painful so obviously don't be pushing through that pain um might find that things like getting out of the car is quite painful because obviously you've got one leg moving and so it'll be a case of like adapting things um so that you're you're moving both legs at the same time um that that's frustrating like I totally get that I've had friends that had pelvic girdle pain and lunges split squats all of them are out um so it, it it's just being creative with what you can do with two legs plus one. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, it, again, it depends on it depends on the person, depends on the size of your bump, what's comfortable. Like I remember um, feeling quite frustrated because I wanted to do pistol squats. So a pistol squat is like 
one leg, you've got one leg out in front of you and you're squatting. I just physically couldn't do it because yeah. how the tech, like the way that I would do a pistol squat is I would lean over the stand, like the leg that's on the floor. I just physically, like, I was like, where did my bump go? So, <laughs> so I just couldn't do that one. Um, it might feel more comfortable to take a wider stance. Like if you're doing, like, I don't know if you can see, see that machine that I'm pointing at right now, a skier. I love skier and I use that all the way through my pregnancy. And then and, and the movement of it, you're like bending forward. So my legs were so wide and everyone would laugh at me, but I was like, I just, I just need to take them wide because I don't have any space for, for my feet to narrow. So yeah, yeah, I think it might be, it may be more comfortable for you to take your feet wider. Yeah, yeah. And on that note, interestingly, that's what I thought. I thought, oh, I'm going to have to start. I think I'd, I'd done in my program, I'd done side lunges or something like that and sumo deadlifts and I it felt really uncomfortable for me there was something going on with my pelvis and again my coccyx bone I was like it's almost like my body's saying don't go wide and you know having that you know elasticity going on my body's stretching my body's my pelvis is moving something inside my head was like stop so I just brought everything quite narrow and when I spoke to Layla my physio about it she was like yeah like your adductors are gripping on like hell at the moment because your pelvis is widening. So of course your body's not going to want to go wide. So I've actually noticed anything wide for me, obviously I'm not narrow feet forward, but anything wide for me has actually been quite uncomfortable, but it's having that confidence of knowing, oh, my body's telling me, no, do something different, you know? That's why, that's a a prime example of why blanket recommendations for pregnancy don't work. Because like, wide feet doesn't work for you wide feet work for me and um, so it, it is a case of like having like knowing your body and and um having a coach that knows your body and your goals as well so yeah that's that's really interesting isn't it yeah really interesting um anything else second trimester wise obviously you're going to have this energy surge now I will hold my hands up and say there have been, and I remember speaking to my friend about this who has done bikini competitions and all sorts, and she's just had a little baby. There have been times where I've done workouts and I pushed myself too much. And I remember waking up the next day thinking, I've got DOMS. Now, having DOMS when you're pregnant is 3,000 times worse because you feel even more tired and even more shit and you have deep regrets. So I've definitely learned when I'm pushing myself too much and the frustrating thing is if you come from you know a background of training and being fit some days in your second trimester you feel great and you're like yeah I'm going to show up I'm going to smash it out have a great workout but actually you really have to put your big girl pants on and go I can't because that I remember doing this workout waking up the next day and my legs were in bits and I was like I really shouldn't have done that you know I don't know what you I think I was doing an AMRAP and it was like squats into a row, into walking lunges, basically just all quads. Yeah. And I was like, why did I do that? <laughs> why? It's a lesson that's not going to cause you any damage. But I think like once you've, once you've learned that, you know, it's not a good idea. I remember Rosie, my pelvic floor physio, saying to me, um, because I was like, why do you need to avoid DOMS? And she's like, if you've got doms in your legs think how your pelvic floor is scaling and I was like all right okay because if you're like working at that high intensity you're not able to like think about those things are you like especially if it's a lower body session if you're doing loads of squats so you're you're probably not necessarily thinking about 
where the pressure's going, how's your breathing going? Um, yeah, so I, I think that it's probably, once you've learned, you're, you're like, let's not do that again. Yeah, yeah. And also, um, think about, it's not, it's awful to, to think about, but think about like the fact that you're feeling energy deprived, your baby's going to feel that as well. So no wonder you're so tired and starving, you know, and if your heart rate is going boom, 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 boom in the session, so is your baby's. And it's kind of, you've got to, like I said, put your big girl pants on and think, what's yeah. the right thing for me growing a human right now, you know? That's, that's interesting that you say that. I just listened to a book. Um, it's called The Book You Wish Your Parents Had Read About Parenting. Oh, I've heard of that, yeah. It's, it's really good and I recommend it. Um, maybe not right now. You don't need to right now because, like, you've got a lot going on. But I, I only listened to it recently, like, a, about a month ago. Um, and one thing that she talks about is, like, how how much your baby picks up on your your emotions and she she says like even when your baby's in the womb even like when when you're pregnant like how you feel and I know that's really difficult because like you can't really control how you feel but what you can control is like is how much stress you're putting through your body so if you're like feeling super stressed and super anxious because you're like oh my god I need to have this really fit pregnancy and I, I can't gain any extra fat or blah 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 then your your baby's going to pick up on that, and you want you want your body to be this lovely, happy, positive vessel for your baby. So yeah, I just thought that's quite an interesting point yeah. as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, going back to you know we've got somebody who's a new exerciser who's gone through their first trimester and managed to do some activity. I know one of the questions that I've definitely had in my inbox on Instagram is how many times should I be working out in my second trimester and really trying to, you know, blanket, this is what we should be doing. What are your thoughts around that? What, you know, what should a pregnant woman be aiming for in terms of her activity per week? I think like three to four sessions that last about like 30 to 40 minutes is absolutely plenty. And um, any more than that, like the, the, um, there's that law of diminishing returns. And also then you might be eating into your energy levels and and, and you you don't want to be feeling fatigued all the time. So, and it, you probably don't want it to be taken away from your life. You want it to be adding to your life. So I think like three to four sessions is perfectly fine. I, I probably was training more than that um, in the second trimester, but then that would be because I'm used to training more than that. But also the nature of CrossFit is you're in a class so it was really good to just get out the house and be around my pals, whether or not I was putting in any effort. Like I remember a workout that was like, it was like a proper cardio. It was like bike, running, um, some, some other body weight movement. And I chatted to the coach the entire time. Like everyone else in the class was like breathing out their arse. Me and Chris were just like, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> perfect intensity for me like being able to chat away while still like my heart rate was up and I was like breathing hard but I was still able to like chat away to the coach I think if you're in a place where you can't speak you're like oh this is such high intensity that I can't speak and I'm feeling like slightly like headed you've gone way too hard yeah 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 absolutely yeah, yeah. I completely agree and also just give yourself like complete autonomy as well over your 
exercise prescription like for example I know I've had some weeks where we I actually climbed penny fan I climbed a mountain at 24 weeks pregnant you know and I wasn't I I wasn't training that much that week because I knew I was going to do you know a four-hour hike I think giving yourself permission to if you don't fancy that strength workout today but actually want to do some stretching fine if you want to go get in the pool instead of doing that strength workout fine like really give yourself permission to just move your body in a way that feels right for you um because the more and more you get out of the habit of doing it the less and less you're going to want to exercise you know it's just like not being pregnant essentially um and I know I've definitely gone to the gym on Sunday some days and just gone do you know what I'm just going to sit and pedal on the bike because that's what I feel like doing yeah I also found that in the second trimester sometimes I would uh, need to cut my workout down completely like I'd set myself five movements to do you know follow my own programming but then I might get to movement three and I'm I've done 30 minutes and I'm like do you know what that's enough for me today and really knowing that I can cut that down um you know giving yourself that permission to do what's right for you I think is key yeah let's go on to the 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 final trimester then this is where you actually feel proper preggers um what is your advice it's funny isn't it because like the first trimester feels like forever the second trimester feels like forever but then all of a sudden you get to the end of it and you're like shit it's I'm now going into my third trimester which is where I am now all of a sudden I'm now counting down the weeks instead of counting up it's kind of gone that way so it's it feels like quite a short time and I'm all I'm thinking mentally in my head now is am I going to still be as mobile as I am now in four weeks time, for example? So what's your advice to somebody training in their third trimester? So if you're feeling good, if um, you're still feeling like full of energy, then I don't see why you would need to change anything um, from the second trimester. From, um, From the third trimester, I do think you need to think about stretching your pelvic floor. So, and relaxing your pelvic floor. So it's, it's absolutely great to have a strong pelvic floor, but if you're someone who exercises, chances are it'll be a little bit tight. And I think you are probably already experiencing that. If you've got tight adductors, you've probably got a tight pelvic floor because there's a lot of tension down there. So doing um, pregnancy yoga um, and stretching your pelvic floor, one of my favorite stretches is happy baby stretch. It's when you, uh, if you lie on your back and you hold your feet, it's not one that you might want to do in the middle of the gym because <laughs> you've got your, <laughs> you've got your vagina just like there for the world. So maybe do that one at home. Any like sort of deep lunge where you're just relaxing, um, pigeon stretch, um, puppy dog stretch, a child's pose. Anything that allow or frog pose as well. Um, I hope you're all googling this these at home. Uh, <laughs> that allows you to like just relax your pelvic floor. Um, because having it a super tight one isn't isn't great. Um, so yeah, that would be that would be my huge recommendation. When I when I was in the third trimester, I started treating myself like like a Kobe beef cow, you know, those um, cows in Japan that are like massaged every day and fed beer. Like that was how I started to feel like I, I booked in, like it was so expensive. I ended up getting a pregnancy massage like every fortnight. <laughs> and they are amazing. Like I've had 
pretty much every every different type of pregnancy massage you can have like lying on your back lying on your side being supported face front um just amazing um and just enjoy enjoy enjoying life because um you'll start to get all those comments being like oh just you wait you might also be experiencing um in, in pregnancy insomnia like that kicked in for me the third trimester and if you ever complain about that people love to say just you wait until the baby comes yeah. but I actually found that I like the moment format was born um I was able to sleep a lot better like the, the insomnia went and obviously you are waking up throughout the night to feed a baby but I slept like my as soon as I'd finished feeding him and he went back to sleep I was like straight to sleep and then from about three months, he slept through the night. So, so those people that tell you that you'll never sleep again, it's not true. It's not true. <laughs> um, so yeah, like uh, I also found in third trimester, journaling was brilliant. Um, just because there's so there's so much, it's so, such an exciting time, but you're kind of like, you're getting close to that moment where you're going to give birth and you're going to meet your baby. And there's a lot of stress going on. So treat yourself like a Kobe beef cow, like really look after yourself and, and enjoy all these moments because it's such a special time. It's so exciting. Um, and it also goes really quickly, but it doesn't feel like it at the time. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny you say that actually, because I've um, just this week, I've booked a sound bath. I've no, never done one before, but I was like, I'm due September the class is on the end of July or whatever. And I was like, right, how am I going to start my oxytocin levels flowing and you know, relaxing? So I was like, I'll go to a sound bath and do a bit of meditation. Um, I've contacted the guy to make sure it's okay to for me to go. And he said, that's fine. But yeah, and I'm, I'm really lucky. Actually, my physio does do massage in the session. So she releases me off. But I'm glad you said about the tight pelvic floor because that is something I think you know, being in the fitness industry, and if anyone's listening to this who does train a lot, you probably over-focus, I think I probably have, on keeping my pelvic floor tight, you know, when I'm pressing above my head and stuff. And actually, the impact of that is, I I know I struggle to relax it. And that's something, you know, that I have to be really conscious of. Um, and I think if you weren't well-trained, if you don't really know about fitness, this you probably don't have a clue what we're really talking about but you will postpartum like you'll understand the pelvic floor probably a little bit more postpartum but definitely get yourself educated on it and see a pelvic floor physio to help you understand it the way um, that um, it was explained to me is if you relate it to like a bicep muscle right and you might have downloaded the squeezy app you know the, the nhs app that, yeah. that, that'll tell you to do kegels um, and if you think about like a bicep curl, right, a Kegel is like this, right? So you're just doing the very top end range of, of the movement. In order to do a proper bicep curl and, and probably use this muscle, you want to fully extend your arm and then fully contract your arm. So being able to fully relax your pelvic floor and get that full range allows you to get a better contraction rather than just like doing little squeezes. And another thing is less is more when it comes to your pelvic floor. It doesn't, if you're doing like a lift and you're squeezing your glutes and you're clenching your jaw and you're like shaping a little bit, that is too much. It's just a gentle, a gentle movement. Um, so yeah, make sure that you're 
when you go to your pelvic floor physio, they'll be able to check that you're getting the full range of, of movement and also able to relax it. Yeah. And you're yoga qualified, right? Yeah. So within yoga, because I know there seems to be a point in the class where she's like, you're 30 X weeks, no more can you go wide, you know, with your feet. Is is that true or is that is there a certain point yeah. you shouldn't take your feet out wide in your third trimester? No? Okay. <laughs> it's not something that I would teach. Um I I don't I, I personally if I was sat in that class I'd find that quite condescending like I don't really like being told and without a reason as well like if someone says all right you're 30 weeks close your legs but why why why, why do I have to close the legs um so yeah like I, I, I love like doing wide legs stretches um I think it could be it might be a bit of confusion about um pelvic girdle pain but not everyone suffers from that so some people are able to have their their feet wide. I think if if you go to a class, it's good to to tell the teacher I have pelvic girdle pain, so this movement hurts. This movement doesn't feel good, so you just um they'll they'll be able to direct you through that. Um, going to yoga, as I said, like all those pelvic floor stretches are really good. Um, another place to stretch is your upper back and like your thoracic spine and like side bends because yeah. as you yeah. get um, as your bump gets bigger, your rib cage, you start to just struggle to really, it feels like you can't fully inflate your lungs. Yeah. So if you're able to stretch your ribs, stretch those intercostal muscles, you might feel that you can take a bigger breath. Yeah. So that's another good place to stretch. I didn't start going to pregnancy yoga, I think until I was about 16 weeks, 17 weeks. And I remember she was just doing some side stretches. And I was like, oh my God, I didn't realize how tight I was um, down my side. So yeah. Okay. And then finally, just um, talking about core, because this is really where, you know, if you're sitting up and getting down, you can be exposed to that coning and you can start to really see that. What would your tips and advice be for, you know, not completely avoiding it because some people just can't, but uh, supporting the coning? So coning isn't something that like you should panic. See if you are getting out of bed and you see it, it's not, it's just a feedback. It just says that what's happening here is the pressure is going forward through that um, linea alba, through that fascia. When it when it's not good is if you were doing a workout and it was happening every rep, every rep, every rep. Um, so um, it would just be a conscious effort to avoid it during your training and also it might just not feel really that nice when you're getting out of bed so I found getting out of bed the best way would be roll onto my side get my feet um, out the bed first and then I can push up sideways so that I'm not doing a sit up to get out of bed um so yeah it's it's I wouldn't stress about it it's such diastasis such a big big thing on social media right now and um, I think we're also learning a lot more about what it is. And that, that's, that's the great thing about me and you working in this space is that even just like five, 10 years ago, there wasn't, there wasn't the education and knowledge that we have now. And, and it, it's incredible. Like when I was in my early 20s um, and peeing when I was, so I, I'd trained in weightlifting, like Olympic weightlifting. And I would pee like pretty much every session. And someone was like, you need to go to a pelvic floor physio. So I went and her advice was to stop weightlifting. Her advice was like, so 
when you're squatting what weight what weight makes you what make weight makes you pee so I'd be like well when I get to about 80 kilos I start to pee she's like right we'll, we'll stop at 75 so what she was telling me was to give up my sport like that was and that is so so damaging like the amount of people that would be like okay well I can't exercise exercise isn't for me because of my vagina that is ridiculous so we're now in a place where pelvic floor physios know that strengthening is so good for you and it's just a case of adapting your your breathing strategies and your your pressure strategies mm-hmm. so I think it's great that we're in we're me and you're in this this place right now because the more people that we can help the more attitudes we can change like even when I was like a week week before my due date and I was in Morrison's uh, doing some shopping and I was like kind of I was like in a rush so I was kind of like running about I wasn't like running but I was like moving fast and these two old guys were like oh my god look at that lassie she's pregnant and then the other one was like you shouldn't be out so people think that when you're pregnant you shouldn't you should be, be sitting in your ass doing nothing you should like and I, I just I think the reason that I'm in this space now is um because I, I want to change those attitudes yeah I'm so glad you brought that up I know we're pushing for time now but um somebody actually messaged me and said that they just found out they're pregnant and all of their family and their their partner had said right you're not taking the bin out the bins out you're not doing this you're not doing that you know that extra caution that was thrown at them and it's just you know Brad has said to me my partner Brad has said to me countless times like I actually look at you sometimes I can't believe you're still you're pregnant because we're out in the garden the other day and I was weeding and you know I was doing this and that and I'm still, hand, I'm 30, I used to be a gymnast and I can still handstand at 30 weeks. You know, I went into the gym the other day and I'm still doing it. And no, I can't hold it for as long, but it hasn't changed my ability. You know, I don't want to say the words, but I'm not disabled. I'm just pregnant, you know? So, and I think having that mindset and your midwife, every time I go see my midwife, she's always like, you're still exercising. Yeah, you're still training. And I'm like, yeah, absolutely. They encourage it. However, I think obviously generations before us were encouraged to do otherwise, were encouraged to sit down, do nothing, you know, and that kind of thing. Yeah. So, yeah. But your initial question was about diastasis, and then I went on a bit. Yeah, no, that's fine. So, so uh, back to what I was saying was, um, yeah, there's so much stuff on on the on social media about diastasis because it's like it's an aesthetic thing. Like, um, some people once they've had their baby, their ab muscles just start to move back together. The the fascia just moves back together, and you don't have that separation. But for some people that that moving back together takes a lot longer and maybe it doesn't happen maybe they've always got that little gap and um it it can look in a way that you don't want it to look and there's this whole like side of social media where there's a lot of misinformation about like do this workout and it will fix your diastasis or don't do this workout because it will damage your diastasis and then there's this whole language about how um, I remember someone messaging me saying that, um, Shona, you said on an ESG podcast that you should do sit-ups if you have a diastasis. No, 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 that t- Shona, that was misinformation. I was like, no, you're, you're, oh, it, was, it was such a frustrating inf- um, conversation. <laughs> but she was like, Shona, don't you know that your abs have been ripped apart? 
And I was like, right, there is no ripping. There's yeah. no, no ripping. It's just the fascia has stretched. That's it, right? And sometimes when things stretch, they remain a bit looser than they were before. And that's really, that's really all that it is. So, but you can do certain things to, I don't want to say avoid diastasis, because as I said earlier, diastasis happens in 100% of pregnancies, but you can do things to avoid putting too much pressure through that fashion and avoid stretching it too much. So, yeah. Amazing. I think probably, I, as you can tell, it's something I really like. I guess, yeah, so I was I was going to say maybe we'll do another podcast episode on that and maybe postpartum as well would be good to chat about cool all right well I actually need to pee so (laughs) (laughs) I uh, am strengthening my pelvic floor again um thank you so so much for coming on where can my followers and listeners find out about you maybe get in contact with you tell us where they can find you so um, I'm on instagram at shona strong and I have a podcast of my own. It's the Shona Strong podcast. And actually most of the episodes are about pregnancy and postpartum. Um, and I also have pregnancy um, coaching and programming for pregnancy. It's called Shona Strong Bumps. Um, and it's online coaching and it's really, really fun. So if any of those things interest you, you can just message me on Instagram, Shona Strong. I'll put your social media handles in the show notes as well. Thank you so, so much for your time today. It has been amazing to have you. I really enjoyed it. Thanks for having me on, Andy. No problem.